My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. He replied to him, Friend, who appointed me as your judge and arbiter? Then he said to the crowd, Take care to guard against all greed, for though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. Then he told them a parable. There was a rich man who his land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, What shall I do, for I do not have space to store all my harvest? Then he said, This is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns and build larger ones. There I shall store all my grain and other goods, and I shall say to myself, now as for you, you have so many good things stored up for many years. Rest, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this night your life will be demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Thus will it be for all who store up treasure for themselves, but are not rich in what matters to God. The Gospel of the Lord. It's hard to find things on social media that can actually catch your attention and stop you from scrolling, but seeing the post about a week or two ago saying, waited an hour to see the corpse flower today, definitely was enough to pique my interest. The Ormophilus titanium, and I probably just butchered that name, which is the actual name for the corpse flower, is one of the rarest and most unique plants in the world. It's considered one of the largest of flowers to bloom, and it has one of the smelliest, foulest, and most repugnant of scents, hence the nickname, the corpse flower. And what drives even more interest is that it takes the plant over a decade for its huge lily-like flower to finally bloom. And then after that, its bloom only lasts for about a day before it closes up and it dies. The University of California in Riverside, their botanic gardens, shared a post on YouTube of this corpse flower blooming that took place. It took over a week for it to bloom, so you could see it, but it's all in a time-lapse video, so it happens within about a minute. And there's something so beautifully simple when you think about it. This plant has been nurtured, it's grown, it's cultivated all for its one big moment, these 24 hours where the fulfillment of its life will be on display for all to see, and then it will fade away. Reading about this plant and then reflecting on this gospel throughout the week, the message that kept hitting me was not particularly earth-shattering or breaking news to any of us. Life is fragile. Our time on this planet is unpredictable. For a vast number of us, that reality often hits us in dramatic, unexpected ways that are jarring. Whether it's some 
horrific story from the news of the inhumanity and evil that one person inflicts on others, or when any of us have a a loved one who has a terrible diagnosis, or when we have an unexpected loss in our families. Those moments snap us out of the the ordinary, routine, day-to-day busyness of life that we so easily allow to manipulate all of our mental, physical, and sometimes even spiritual energies. Most of us don't like to think about the end of our lives, let alone talk about it. It can be upsetting and heavy, particularly on a hot day at the end of July when we're on the cusp of August. At the end of our lives, we're probably wondering where the summer went so quickly. It's jarring, and that's why this gospel kind of catches us off guard. Because Jesus sounds somewhat frustrated in this gospel reading. Some guy in the crowd yells out to Jesus, Tell my brother to share his inheritance with me. This guy's probably seen or heard or experienced something that made it evident that Jesus has power, has authority. Maybe it was a miracle. Maybe it was Jesus' preaching. Maybe it was just his presence. Something made this guy discern that many people who've had problems or difficulties or struggles or questions about life, they went to Jesus and they found what they were looking for. So he decides to go to Jesus to share what's on his heart, what's troubling him in his life. And what was it? His anger with his brother over his inheritance. That's where Jesus hits him with this short parable about the rich man who obsesses about his wealth, his possessions, his goods. He has such an abundance of them that he worries, what is he going to do with this abundance? How can he better store everything? How can he find bigger barns, warehouses, so he can keep all his possessions? Not realizing all that's going to be meaningless that evening, as his life will be at an end. And very starkly, Jesus tells him, none of that matters to God. In God's creation, plants are fortunate. Their entire existence glorifies God by their very lives. They don't have to make choices or decisions. They're, in a sense, programmed to do what they do. The unique Amorphalus' entire existence, that corpse plant, has 12 years to build to that beautiful climax where the bloom is revealed, the scent is smelled, and God is glorified by it. And it's over so quickly. But for you and I, this gospel is a reminder that we do have to make choices. We make decisions that either glorify God or not, that preach his gospel or diminish his presence to the world. And he gives us the tools and the talents and the gifts and the abilities and the opportunities to determine how we will bloom. But none of us knows the length of time. That's a part of the whole mystery of life and part of God's creation. Heavy stuff, I know, particularly in the middle of the summer. Yet maybe that's why it's good that this gospel reading kind of catches us out of, out of the blue, kind of sudden, unexpected manner. How many New Year's resolutions have fallen by the wayside for us? How many Ash Wednesdays with our Lenten promises didn't quite turn out the way we had expected or hoped? There seems multiple opportunities that were given in our lives to clean the slate, to start over again. Rather than focusing on the past failures, 
all the opportunities that we've had up to this point to change something about ourselves and our relationship with God and our relationships with family and friends, this gospel message is meant to constantly remind us of a loving and forgiving God who never stops encouraging us and calling us again and again to try again. Try again to make things right that need to be made right. Those opportunities continue to be right here. So maybe someone is coming to mind right now that you feel that nudge to make amends with. Maybe there's something that's been weighing on your heart for some time that you know you need to bring to confession and you've resisted. Maybe this call to examine how much I own, how much I possess, how much I share, especially with the poor and those near to me and those who are strangers, is resonating in a way it never has before. The Holy Spirit is going to hit each of us in a different way with this proclamation. But whatever it is, we can be confident and we can are guaranteed that each and every day we wake up, God our Father is patiently there waiting us to choose to glorify him by our very lives. But where a sense of urgency comes from is we don't have a guarantee how many mornings we will wake up, how many opportunities we have left to glorify God and choose to be a beautiful bloom in his creation.